The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home for free daily video picks from SGPN. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. Make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash B-T. V at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Just head to getroman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's getroman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. From April 29th to May 4th, if you deposit on Underdog Fantasy, you'll have a chance to win $1 million in their best ball contest. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdog.com, underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And welcome, everyone, to a Wednesday morning edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. This is your host, ZB. It is Wednesday, May 5th, 1047 a.m. on the East Coast. Munaf, how are you, brother? I'm, I, I brought on the guest a little early. Me and Munaf usually go Monday, Wednesday, today a little Tuesday, Wednesday, so I'm a little bit thrown off. But Munaf, how are you, brother? Yeah, uh, I'm doing well, man. Uh, good night. The hoops last night. Uh, we catch some bets, and hopefully, we continue that here tonight. Uh, we got some good games on the board here tonight, and you know, some some news popping off on Twitter that I sent you earlier. But uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. How's everything with you? Everything's good, other than that Jimmy Butler uh, late injury. Oh yeah, kind of. What, what, what was that? I I didn't see anything, and then I just saw he wasn't in the starting lineup. Injury yeah, so, or illness or something? Yeah, it was illness. So when. Uh, we had talked about it on the pod, but that report I think was on the four thirty report or the five o'clock injury report that he was ruled out with an illness. And um, you know, I, I think this is an important point to kind of let betters know is is that have those um, those alerts on for your the fantasy labs or, or yeah wherever you know they pop out that information because as soon as it came across my phone, I went back and I I, I hedged out of of, of the uh, the Miami bet. And then like two minutes later, that's when they pulled it down off, off of my book that I use. So sometimes these books are a little slow to pull those games down when those injury news come out. So I was, I'm glad I was able to hedge out of that. Um, but yeah, he was announced out with the illness. They started okay. But then, you know, last night they, Dallas, we said that they would have to have a good shooting night last night. And they did. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. I think knocked down three, uh, sorry, 10, three point shots with them last night, 22 of 48 from three point line for Dallas. So, you know, that was pretty much the ball game um, for, for Dallas to get that victory last night. Yeah, and I, I actually uh, – so I wasn't on my phone in the afternoon, and I che- I checked the game, saw Jimmy was out. Then they were up like 12-3, I think, to start the game, and I was like, all right, yeah. should I take – I think I got like Dallas. It was a plus four and a half or whatever, and I was like, should I take it? And yeah. I didn't, and then I ended up getting screwed as well in Charlotte kind of – very surprising. They had they had that game. They were up by ten, and then 
let the cover slip away. And then that game, I don't know if you were watching that game, but it was got really weird with like a late re- replay review with the, one of the Martin twins mm-hmm. and the last yeah. like 20 seconds of that game took like 10 minutes. So how yeah. was your night overall last night? Overall was okay. You know, I was, I was, um, it would have been bad if I didn't hedge out of that Miami bed, but other than that, we know we hit three out of the four player props. Um, quickly I want to talk about underdog fantasy. I posted this on the uh, NBA Slack channel is that a lot of like books don't let you parlay, player props or things like that. But, you know, Sean was talking about um, underdog fantasy. I was like, well, let me go check it out before some of the games kick off here. And I was able to find that they have like NBA player props on there, MLB player props on there that you can, you can get down on. And then also parlay, there's like a multiplier on there. So I think it's almost better odds than you parlaying it on a regular uh, sports book that you may use. So I was able to parlay the Chris Middleton, over points prop and then Kyrie Irving points prop that, you know, that hit for me. So it was a small wager just to test out the website, but I would definitely, definitely tell everybody to check out underdogfantasy.com. Make sure to use that promo code SGPN and uh, for free $25 little touting, but uh, I was, I was playing around on the website and uh, you know, they have some good stuff on there. So definitely check them out. Yeah, and it's not touting because, uh, Munaf, they are one of our presenting sponsors for the show today. So glad that you uh, enjoy the experience. I also have been checking out Underdog Fantasy, and definitely if you're into fantasy football or fantasy basketball or player props, you know, a lot of different offerings. And a really cool website. I saw they had a big, uh, like, investor day yesterday. A lot of big names are invested in that company. You know, Kevin Durant, I saw, and his uh, business partner, Rich Kleiman. So very Mm -hmm. cool with Underdog Fantasy. Anything else that you wanted to get to uh, from last night? I'm kicking myself for that Raptors. Uh, that that Raptors plus ten, I think, was very obvious. I'm, I'm a little miffed that I missed that. They ended up keeping that game close. Clippers ultimately got the win, so they are now in sole possession of third in the West. Um, let's see what else. New Orleans got the cover. Yeah. Um, they were able to beat the Warriors, who you know they seem Warriors seem kind of tired. I feel like I don't know. They they seem to be a little bit suffering more from the malaise of the season than other teams. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Nets, Bucks, crazy overtime in Phoenix, Cleveland. So anything you want to talk about from last night? Yeah. Um, just quickly on, on the on the Phoenix game. I know I had that as a, the team was total. Wild. <laughs> and it got to overtime. And then, like, they won, like, overtime, what, 20 to 4 or something like that? Let me see here. Yeah, yeah 20, 20 to 4. And they covered the game where they were double-digit favorites. So I think that was a little crazy. Um, and then I wanted to get your opinion on, do you think that uh, the the – the Nets and the Bucks game, do you think that this is a cause of concern for the Brooklyn Nets? Obviously, but they are without James Harden, which is a obviously a significant piece. But um, do you think this is a concern that now they lost two games in a row to them um, and they had, you know, great efforts by both of their superstars or is it just that, is it that they need somebody else to step up or is it that the absence of James Harden is going to have an effect when, when he's back, if they play the bucks in the playoffs? You know, I think uh, it's not really a cause for concern. Um, I, I still would obviously pick the Nets in that series. I do think so from last night's game, I definitely, the offensive glass is going to be a, a key part of this series. I thought that the bucks were doing a really good job of getting on the offensive yeah. glass, making Brooklyn work and stay engaged in the defensive end. Right. You know, you have to punish them in these kind of toughness, intangible areas that they're not as their roster is not built to kind of do. I mean, at any given time, they're most likely going to have three of these stars and Joe Harris on the floor. So the Milwaukee bucks did a really nice job on the offensive glass. Um, 
15 offensive rebounds as a team compared to six for the Brooklyn Nets. Right. The that that allows the Bucks to get up 98 shots compared to only 84 for the Nets. I mean, that's a 14 shot differential in terms of attempts. Um, you look at the rebounding overall. Bucks out rebounded them by 16 in this game. So yeah. I definitely think that's one area where the Bucks are going to have to attack the Nets. Mm-hmm. I, I I I also I raised this question in in the Slack channel and. I I I I think I'm still on your side of this debate, but you know, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, and let's say you go through Game One and Two against the Bucks, and you know, let's say these two games were Games One and Two of a playoff series, I mean, do you have to switch up your coverage on Giannis? Because you know, while I do think that in the long run, if you run out the sample infinitely, that Giannis will, you know, if you force him to make shots, he will not be able to fulfill that role in a seven-game series. Yeah. You know, it can get tight. So I. I you know, how do the Nets kind of manage that if Giannis does have a couple of good shooting games early in a playoff series? No, yeah, you yeah, posted this in the Slack channel. And then I was like, well, if if Giannis is going to beat me making jump shots, then just so be it, right? Because we know that Giannis doesn't have a consistent jump shot. Maybe, you know, he'll have a once in the blue moon good shooting night, at least from beyond the arc or beyond the arc. And, you know, maybe... 15 to 20 feet out, but you take a look at his numbers last night So from Sunday, 21 of 36 from the field, four of eight from three point land. Um, and then last night, I think they were, you know, 11 of 30 from the field. He got up, he got up 12, three point shots. Yeah, I mean, crazy. that's kind of unheard of for, for Giannis. Right. So there, so again, the net strategy, you know, maybe they were just testing this out and seeing, yeah, if we have to see them, the Bucks down the road in the playoffs, what's our strategy with um with Giannis? And then for him to jack up 12, you know, three-point shots, I think I think you continue to let him shoot, right? Because we know he doesn't have that consistent jump shot. Obviously, 11 of 30 is not very glamorous when you're only shooting 36, 37% from the field. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if they continue to do that, if they meet up in the playoffs. Um, but I think you got to also cut, you got to shout out to the other guys on the Bucks team that played well in these last two games. I think Drew Holiday was phenomenal for them in the, over the last two games and also Chris Middleton. So they're going to need those two superstars to step up in the playoffs, regardless of it's the Nets, it's the Sixers or whoever it is in this first round to kind of, you know, take that pressure off of Giannis and, and having to rely on him either getting to the basket or having to rely on him making a, a, a jump shot. Yeah, and I think also the Nets' strategy was also to prevent kind of Giannis from that doing that driving kick, you know, out yeah. to your DiVincenzo and your Brook Lopez, your spot-up guys, mm-hmm. where they can start kind of raining threes on you. So I did – I think when you look a little deeper in the scouting report, I mean, yeah, Giannis only had four assists in this game. I believe he had only four assists in the Sunday game as well. I think he had yeah. 49 points, four assists. I mean, that's not really your conventional Giannis stat line, right? If, you, right. if he's getting that far downhill, you expect he's going to have those kick-out looks to three-point shooters. You look at mm-hmm. this game last night, Giannis, four assists, five turnovers. Dante DiVincenzo, 0 of 3 from 3. Brooke Lopez, 0 of 1 for 3. Ke- yeah. Chris Middleton, 1 of 3 from 3. So they are doing a good job of preventing kind of, you know, that that Bucks driving kick offense where they can really go in- inferno on offense. And yeah. I'll, also, I, I didn't really catch that the Nets did miss 10 free throws last night out of 26. And DeAndre Jordan obviously struggled there. He missed four free throws, as did Jeff Green. So... The big man rotation in Brooklyn still is kind of uh, up in the air. Nick Claxton only five minutes last night in his return from his COVID absence. I thought mm-hmm. Bruce Brown was pretty good. Maybe he could get a little bit more time. I thought the ball moved a little bit more when he was out there. But 
you know, a lot of Kyrie and KD ISO, and that's not necessarily bad, but uh, Steve Nash post-game comments seem to suggest that he wants a little bit more continuity in their offense going yeah. forward. Right, yeah, and I think this is going to be an important stretch for Brooklyn with about, what, six games left for them, so I'm not even sure that. You know, I mentioned yesterday that maybe they get hardened back, but I don't, I'm don't. i not sure. You know, we haven't heard any news about that, so... Um, yeah, I think you also mentioned that, you know, I think the key piece is also for this team in the playoffs, at least is going to be the shooting of Joe Harris and, uh, Landry Shamit. Right. And I think I said that if you guys, if you get these guys to combine to make, you know, seven to eight, three pointers per game and kind of, you know, help with the shooting around Katie Harden and, uh, Kyrie, I think that's going to be a, a very significant, you know, we know what Joe Harris can do. And you called it yesterday that, you know, he had to make his three yeah, point nice. shots. So that that cashed fairly easily. And then, you know, you had Landry Shaman coming off the bench in 23 minutes, one of eight from the field, one of six from three-point land. So um, I think that they're going to have to get consistent shooting from Landry Shaman and Joe Harris in the playoffs to, to you know, really propel the Brooklyn Nets in the offense. Yeah, agreed. Anything else on last night's slate you got? Yeah, I just want to kind of get quickly to the Clippers game. I was watching yeah. some of that. And uh, they, got, uh, they got Patrick Beverly last night. I think that when Reggie Jackson is in this game, or if he whether he's starting or coming off the bench, that there's the offense like it's it's really bad. It's it's a lot of dribbling from Reggie Jackson, and he kind of passes the ball off with about like seven seconds left in the shot clock, expecting uh, sorry uh, Kawhi Leonard or Paul George to make a make a godly basket, and I don't I don't think that's I think that's might be an Achilles heel for for the. Uh, for the Clippers. And that's what I was watching last night. I, it was good to see Beverly back out there because he, you know, he can knock down that three point shot and he gets the balls at ball out of his hands to kind of run that off. And the same thing with Rondo, right? He likes to push the pace down the floor and get easy baskets for his team. But I, I think that Reggie Jackson is, is, is really going to make this team suffer on the offensive end. And he is, he's also a defensive liability. So uh, Tyron Lou's going to have to make a decision there because he has three guards, and then same thing on the interior, right? You, if you have a Zubac starting and you're supposed to get Ibaka back, what are you going to do with DeMarcus Cousins some of the other pieces have? So that was kind of the takeaway that I had from the Clippers game last night. Yeah, and I, I did not see this game, I, I, but I will say, I mean, they have options, right? I mean, I think Boogie probably falls out of the rotation as you head towards the playoffs or maybe matchup specific, you know, if the other team is playing a more sturdy big. And then, you know, Zubac and Ibaka, definitely a really nice defensive combo at the at the big man. And then, between Jackson and then you have playoff Rondo and Patrick Beverly. Um, we will also see with uh, Terrence Mann as someone who I think has been, has shown some juice, but he only played six minutes last night. So um, not too sure about that. Let's yeah. take a quick break here and then we'll come back with some more news and notes on a, a report that you sent me this morning. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports games with generous promos, odds, and parlays happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N bet.com and download the app today. 
All right, coming back off the break, Munaf, I know you want to talk a little, a little bit about some coaching news that, that popped up this morning. Sham Sharani, I had a report mm-hmm. um, following up on, obviously, Woj report last night about Nate Bjorkren being on the hot seat after one year in Indiana, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and now today, Shams follows that up with a report that Terry Stotts could be headed towards the hot seat, as well as some other names. Um, Luke Walton was named. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me just grab it here. Um, Luke Walton, Scott Brooks from the Wizards, Nate Bjorkren, obviously, and then Mike Budenholzer and Terry Stotts, two teams that are headed towards the playoffs, but still, you know, on the hot seat, obviously teams that haven't really exceeded their ceiling in the past. So what were your thoughts on that report? I know you, uh, you have some interesting, uh, Terry Stotts, uh, opinions. Yeah. And we had talked about Terry Stotts earlier in the season, right? Like this roster that they've kind of constructed with Portland over the years with obviously Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum has really underperformed because, you know, they are one of the better backcourts in the, at least in the Western conference, when you have a dynamic player like Damian Lillard, who I think is at least a top 10 player in the, in this league. Um, and we've also had this discussion in the Slack channel is that like the rotations that he's putting out there with the second unit, it's just not working. And he hasn't made that proper adjustment in the regular season, I think in the playoffs, it's not going, to, it doesn't matter as much because your stars do play the heavier minutes of about, you know, close to 35 plus minutes, 40 plus minutes in the playoffs. But as far as the regular season, I, I really think that they have underperformed. And, and, you know, I had given you this, the, the blind resume earlier in the season, you, and you got, you know, who that coach was right away. So I guess the report said that uh, that you know Jason Kidd was maybe in contention, but then I feel like with any open uh, coaching job that Jason Kidd is always tied to it. But you know, I, I think this is going to be an important playoff series um, for the Portland Trailblazers. You know, it's going to if they don't, you know, if they get out, if they get kicked out in the first round, I think he's gone. Yeah, and I and the I thought the the first line of this uh, Shams report is very very uh, well written. Is that all good things must come to an end, especially when great is the goal? And that's kind of you know the sums up Terry Stotts. They've been okay, you know, pretty good, but they've never yeah. really reached that ceiling. Uh, other names that are rumored for this job here: Jason Kidd, Nate McMillan, Dave uh, Yeager, I guess pronounced, and then Chauncey Billups, I thought was also an interesting name. He's obviously on the Clippers bench this year and he's kind of been a hot name in basketball circles. Um, so definitely tough for Terry Stotts. And obviously that goes kind of in tandem with the Chris Haynes report last week that didn't take any quotes from Dame Lillard, but he's been very close with Dame Lillard in the past. I think you can kind of assume that Dame Lillard knew that piece was dropping that said Dame might want to leave and go to a contender if he can't win a championship in Portland. So very interesting offseason coming up in Portland, although they do have a chance of, you know, if the standings fall the right way, maybe catch the Nuggets in the first round and then, you know, able to make it to the second round. I want to – we could talk about Nate Bjorkman a bit if you'd like to. I also want to say that this Mike Budenholzer report says – a second round loss would be nearly impossible for him to survive. And when you take that into consideration with the fact that they're most likely playing the Brooklyn Nets in the second round of standings hold, yeah. very interesting uh, dynamic there in Milwaukee where they've also kind of struggled to exceed expectations or, or really do anything in the playoffs that matches who they've been in the regular season. Yeah. And I think that the, the, the Mike Budenholzer one was, you know, I think it was kind of the narrative that started last season, right? I think the Bucks really underperformed in the playoffs. 
Um, he obviously got schooled by Eric Spolstra in that, in that Bucks. Yeah, series. he did, and, and he was clearly outmatched in that in that in that series. So, you know, I mean, again, we talk about coaches that are good in the regular season. Just how Shams put it in his article that you know, good things to come to an end. He's a good coach, but then when you get to the playoffs and you're trying to win a championship, it's 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 a it's a completely different game. And if you're going to get out coached and outmatched by the opposing team, you know that's not going to sit well with even the players or even the front office. So you know, I think I'm not surprised about Terry Styles, but uh, you know, um, with Mike Budenholzer, you know, it makes sense, right? Because you have one of the best players in the NBA. You have a pretty solid raw. Oster now after this offseason where you picked up you know Drew Holiday, you, you traded for PJ Tucker, and and you know, you have Breen Forbes, I think, who's one of been an underrated pickup for this Milwaukee Bucks team. Um so it's gonna be again in the, every offseason with with coaching changes, with with personnel moves, with player trades and signings, it's always fun in the NBA offseason. So um, I'm not surprised. I think the one name on this list that I am surprised by was the Pacers coach, um, especially just after one season. Maybe they're starting to realize that they shouldn't have fired Nate McMillan, who I think is a, is a good head coach. I'm hoping that he gets to stay with Atlanta. There was um, a mention from um, from Booj this morning was – that he had an interview with uh, Trey Young and they talked about uh, coach Nate McMillan. I didn't get a chance to listen to that pod yet. I'll try to do that today and see what Trey's thoughts are on, on coach Nate McMillan. But I think definitely the Pacers made a mistake by not by firing Nate McMillan and, and, you know, not keeping him around. So again, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I think with, uh, with Bjorkren, um, they kind of, I think they want to kind of, upgrade their risk profile right under Nate McMillan they had been really you know steady they're kind of like Portland East right they're a little bit worse than that obviously but they've been steady but had never really managed any upside and in this report it's interesting and I think this is going to be something to monitor as the conversation around analytics kind of continues to permeate more of the mainstream debate this is saying that the players on the Pacers are not really amenable to Nate Bjorkren, who's trying to over-communicate an analytic style that players don't feel suits the roster, right? And basketball players are going to be basketball players. They grew up playing the game a certain way. And now I think there is this, you know, Daryl Morey and James Harden were able to make it work, but not every team is going to want to buy into, you know, shooting all these threes and, you know, making the four-point shot in practice so that you're less likely to take a mid-range jumper and trying to kind of roboticize NBA offense. So I think this is kind of an interesting test case where Nate Bjorkren is trying to bring in a new style. And yet on this team, you have big men like Sabonis and, and Miles Turner, and you have Ma- Malcolm Brogdon, who seems to be more yeah. of an old school type of guard. And they are clashing over, over that style and Nate Bjorkren, obviously they have been really wildly up, up uh, fast pace and high tempo yeah. recently. And it's been kind of fun to watch, but yeah. the players have to be bought in too. So Indiana right now sitting in the ninth spot. So they look headed for the, the second tier play in game. So that'll be one to monitor as we go towards the off season. Yeah. I think um, for Pacers, just to sorry, quickly wrap it up for the Pacers. Yeah. I think they're, they're going to have a lot of roster questions going into the off season yeah. with what they want to do with miles Turner and, and, you know, with Malcolm Brogdon and all that stuff. And they have some young pieces there also. So again, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Pacers. Yes, indeed. Let's take another quick break here, and then we'll come back with the Wednesday night slate. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Roman. Look, 
No one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is so straightforward and discreet, guys. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED, and it's happening right here. Just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month of treatment. Okay, we're coming back off the break. Let's get into the slate for Wednesday, May 5th. We do not have a prop shop for tonight. That is because... Moonop will have an article on sportsgamblingpodcast.com dropping later this afternoon that should have uh, player props on there. Yep. Um, it had a pretty good player prop day yesterday, so excited for that article. I do want to ask you before we get into um, into the games for tonight, how do you kind of start that article off in terms of research? You know, How do you target games and then kind of narrow down to plays that you're, are your three favorites for the night and kind of what's your process there? Yeah, so, you know, every morning what I like to do is, you know, kind of get into these early lines, um, you know, just looking at matchups, right? Like if it's a team that's uh, – we've talked about using the website Hash Basketball. I think that's a great resource to start with um, uh, for player props, right? It breaks it down for you by which teams has been struggling, like in certain positions, whether it's giving up points whether it's giving up assists, whether it's giving up rebounds. So I think that's a good starting point for me. And then I went go back and and then look at uh, NBA stats, uh, NBA.com slash stats. And then I look at what the opponents, um, the, what, what defenses obviously have been doing against some of their opponents over their last 10 games. Because where we are in the season, I, I, I cut that down to over the last five games. And I kind of look at, okay, opposing rebounds, whether they, what are they giving up? Um, opponent assists, three-point shooting, all that good stuff, points inside the paint, pace, and things like that. And then I go back and look at it. Okay, did I try to identify specific players? And um, I'll go back and look at, okay, if they've matched up again already this season, how has that certain player done against uh, that particular team? So just for example, I'm just going to throw Russell Westbrook out there. Obviously, we know what Russell Westbrook Russell Westbrook can do every single night. Yeah, love him. He's cashing. I mean, he 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 gets my uh, he he increases my uh, uh, my balance with my bookie every single week and every single day, almost whenever he's playing. But and that's why he's kind of limited me on the player props now. But um, hell yeah, you know, like yeah, a guy like Russell Westbrook who fills up the stat sheet, and you know, the books aren't going to set a ridiculous amount of a number for his market, right? So if it's like last like yesterday or the day before we had 21 assists and 24 or 24 re- 21 rebounds and 24 assists. The market's not going to set that at 15 and a half, but you know, when it's such a big total, like it was against the Pacers, he's going to fill up that stat sheet. And, and he did. So I think those are the kind of things that I started looking at. And then obviously, like I said, historical numbers, injury reports, if a certain player is out, 
Um, you know, another player is going to have to kind of take on that scoring load. Last night with Buddy Heald, you know, we thought that, you know, he got close. I think he had either 15 or 18 points, and the the Sacramento Kings kind of had that game wrapped up. But, you know, I, I think, you know, those are kind of the starting points where I kind of started looking at for player props. Do you play uh, DFS at all? I do not, and I think that's something that I do want to add to my portfolio um, starting with the football season because right now – with basketball going on and baseball going on, it just, and, and, you know, I'm even starting to do some golf with first round leaders and things like that. So it just kind of gets hard for me to, you know, keep up with DFS and things like that. Yeah. I think uh, actually I'm glad you mentioned golf. I, I really like golf for draft games. I think it's a really fun way to play, yeah. especially because you're usually limited in how you can kind of attack a player, right. especially like, you know, you're either getting the top 10 or top 20 markets. I, I don't really like to bet outright. So it's either matchups or the top 10 or top mm-hmm. 20 markets. So DraftKings can kind of be a way to just say, I don't want to stake a claim on this player. I don't necessarily think they're going to finish a certain position or beat a certain guy, but just kind of play yeah. well. So DraftKings can be a really fun outlet for golf as well as basketball. I think we can definitely dive into that more. I think Dan does do some DFS with basketball. Yeah. So we will certainly uh, try to get into that more. Let's get right into it. Uh, this is, again, Wednesday, May 5th, 11, 13 a.m. on the East Coast. The first game on the slate implicates one of our recent daily fadeaway teams, so we can talk about that a little bit. The Boston Celtics visit the Orlando Magic. The Celtics are laying 11 on the road, total at 218 and a half, and the Celtics team total is at 114 and a half. Munaf, where are you going with this game, and is the fadeaway of the Magic defense still in effect? I think they've been a little bit better as of late, if I recall yeah. correctly. Yeah, uh, quickly, let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. Over their last five games, Orlando is... Have not allowed more than 112 points. Wow. They're up to number five in defensive rating over their last five games. So they're playing better. Um, and you can see that, right? Three, they've covered three out of their last four games. They've won three out of their last four games. They just had that stinker against Memphis. So, you know, with Cole Anthony there and some of these young guys, they're still playing hard, right? Uh, with Wendell Carter Jr. So, you know, some of these guys that are on this Orlando Magic team and teams like that are that are kind of headed towards a draft lottery. But these guys are going to still continue to play hard because – they are still fighting for a, pl- a roster position, whether yeah. it's with this particular team or it might be with another team. So they're still going to play hard. Um, I just think this is a lot of points for Boston to lay on the road here, especially like we mentioned the way uh, Orlando is playing better. Jalen Brown is out tonight uh, for the, for the Boston Celtics with that ankle injury he left with uh, at the end of the, the game the other night. But um, you know, I like the way Orlando has playing as of late. Uh, I'll go ahead and take that plus 11 at home for Orlando Magic here tonight. Yeah, I'll probably lean with Orlando as well. I think that's a great point that you brought up about the kind of dueling motivations, right? Because the organizationally, the team wants to take, but you're never going to convince players on the margin to, you know, not play well, right? On purpose. Yeah. All, all these guys, especially with a team like Orlando or, you know, Detroit last night, these guys are fighting to keep their career alive, you know? Now on Orlando, you have a couple of journeymen. I'll shout out to my uh, hashtag pro blue Michigan boys, Mo Wagner and Iggy Brasdakis now playing a role for this magic team. So I will have an eye on this game tonight. Um, um, and yeah, I think or- Orlando with the 11, they seem pretty uh, interested in kind of, um, you know, fighting till this, till the season gives up and, and they're, they're kind of playing themselves out of draft position, but I don't really think that that's, on an 11-point spread, I will say Cleveland last night, 
I was about to write in the slack that the one time I lay off Cleveland, they, uh, they end up covering and then they, the dog gets the, the double digit dog losing the cover in overtime. I feel for anybody who had Cleveland last night. Um, for sure. So that was tough. Yeah, that was brutal. Um, I, that there still needs to be underdog insurance in, in overtime. Um, <laughs> so I, I will lean with Orlando on the, uh, on the 11, um, any thoughts on that Celtics team total or the game total at 218 and a half? I think I might want to take a look at going with the Orlando Magic team total, maybe. Okay. I think that Boston is one of the, you know, let me take a look at where they're rated defensively. Yeah. Over their last five games, Boston is down to number 28 in defensive rating. And now you don't have, you know, Jalen Brown, one of your better defenders, also in this game. So you know, we take a look at Orlando, what they've done over their last four or four games, at least five games, you know, against the Lakers, they put up 103, but they lost the game. That's fine. Got 109 against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then, you know, the two games against Memphis, there was that stinker of a game where it was like 92, 75. I, I think that I was watching that game. It was just a really, really ugly basketball game. <laughs> and then they came back against Memphis. They scored 112. And then against Detroit the other night, they scored 119. So um, you know, obviously I think this is where the market's not really paying attention to the Orlando magic and how they're playing. So, you know, take a look at, um, the Orlando magic, uh, team total. I don't know if you've seen it in front of you. I think I saw it at 104 this morning. 104. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I think that might be worth a look for, uh, for the Orlando magic here tonight. Yeah. And, uh, uh just to update the uh, listeners, Boston has ticked to, uh, minus 11, minus 115. So maybe a little movement in that direction, maybe a little more value on the Orlando magic. So that should be, uh, an interesting game to watch. I will say if you guys need proof that Munaf puts in the work, he was watching Grizzlies magic, the 92 75, uh, <laughs> game that. That was probably the worst game of the year. So shout yeah. out to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's go to the next game on the slate. Similar line to last night, similar situation. The Portland Trailblazers are in Cleveland laying 11 and a half on the road. Total at 229. Cleveland, obviously, last night with that uh, overtime blowout, but a tie game as of four quarters. Portland coming in in this hotly contested seating battle. Munaf, where are you going with this game here? Yeah, and, you know, I think a crushing loss for for Portland. Uh, sorry, for Cleveland last night, especially in overtime. Man, that, that sucks. Like anybody that I keep thinking about it, anybody that had that sp- uh, spread for the Cleveland Cavaliers, that's just brutal. Within like three minutes, like three to four minutes, like they cover the game. Oh God, um, that's betting for you, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I think again, this is a game where like we want to take the Cavs, but Portland really needs this game. Right, especially in the Western Conference standings right now. Um, quickly trying to see here uh, what are the um, Cleveland Cavaliers do. Cleveland Cavaliers do on back-to-back situations. Not much there. Seven and eight against spread. They are four and eleven to the under uh, in back-to-back situations. So, you know, maybe some tired legs. But again, you know, definitely check his injury report because I think we saw Isaac Okoro. He did finish the game, but he, I think he had Great game for him last night. Yeah, and then um, I think I saw Darius Garland, who was also questionable for tonight's game or game time decision. So um, I think this is a game where Portland, you know, should take care of business. Um, I, I say that with with hesitation because you know with Portland, 
you know, sometimes you don't know what you're gonna gonna get every single night. But because of the fact that they are fighting for that playoff positioning in the Western Conference, I think Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, these guys will get focused and take care of business tonight again against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, and just the injury report check here. Damian Lillard probable. Um, so you've yeah. got to assume he goes here. But Norman yeah. Powell questionable with a right knee patellar tendinopathy. Okay. Have not heard of that. Sounds kind of chronic. So that yeah. is, that's that's <laughs> going to be interesting to monitor. Uh, Norm yeah. Powell, obviously, he's been a big piece after that Gary Trent trade. And, yeah, I mean, I hate to speculate on the injury report because we don't really know. But when you look at Cleveland, they only played seven guys last night. Isaac yeah. Okoro played 47. Sexton played wow. 39. Uh, Chetty Oslin played 45 minutes. I mean, Kevin Love played 34 minutes. So you got to assume he's not out there tonight. So this one could get ugly for Cleveland. I – I honestly maybe even lean towards Portland with the 11 and a half. Yeah. Um, kind of a high total at 229. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it would be, again, Portland team total for me because, again, they only had seven, like you mentioned, seven guys playing last night with those heavy, heavy minutes. So, they're, you know, they're yeah. going to have tired legs on, on the defensive end for sure because, you know, again, again that's their first place where tired legs show up. Um, but again, yeah, I think this game could get real ugly uh, for Cleveland. I think Portland team total might be another look. Um, uh, fading this Cleveland defense, especially after last night. Yeah, and that team total is at 119 and a half. So um, good look there. Um, let's go to the next game on the slate. A sneaky, really fun game here with two teams that have kind of young upstarts in this league. The Memphis Grizzlies coming off that bad loss to the New York Knicks go to Minnesota, where the Grizzlies are a three point road favorite, total at 238 and a half. Minnesota been playing much better as of late, you know, kind of yeah. finding themselves a little bit here. So uh, three point spread, probably shorter than most would have thought maybe three or four weeks ago, but now it makes a lot of sense. So uh, Munaf, where are you going with this game here? Yeah. I mean, I think we've talked about teams that we cannot figure out like Toronto and Miami. And I think Memphis is added to that list for me. Yeah. Um, Both these I, teams, honestly, I wanted to get your, yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts on, on John Morant as, as a, I know we saw what he did last season, but again, as, as a player, as a franchise player for this, for this Memphis team. And, and if, I, I want to get your thoughts as if you think he can lead a team, I guess, at least for this Memphis team, the first step would be to at least getting into the playoffs or, or what you think of John Morant just as a, as a player. I, I love John Morant. I mean, I think that, yeah, I think the upside is severely limited by the lack of a jumper, right? I mean, the jumper has not come along this year. Um, and he is shooting it better last 10 games, 39% from three. But, you know, now he's 29% from three this season. And, and we've seen with these small guards, unless you have the pull-up game off the pick and roll, it's very hard to be the best player on a playoff team. I mean, Steph Curry and James Harden and Dame Willard are kind of the ones that, like, change the math because they can get, you know, all to their pull-up game against any other guard. And with Ja it's so hard for a small guard who needs to attack the rim to kind of sustain over an entire season and do it every single night, night in, night out. Um, so I do think the jumper needs to come along. You know, I think with Memphis, it's kind of a, a, a really, it's a interesting test case for kind of the league overall, because they have John and J and triple J kind of a super exciting young core, but I kind of yeah. get what you're hinting at with this question is that I don't think they are even close to the upside of like becoming a championship team, unless they add, probably who would have to be their best player, right? They would probably need like a Kawhi Leonard type at the three to come in and start doing that for them. So it is kind of, 
it shows how hard it is to win in this league and how hard it is to kind of go from being okay to being great. Um, Because I think the next step for Memphis, they've really done a nice job and a really impressive job as an organization kind of lifting up from bottom. Now they're right in the middle in the thick of things, but that next step is so much harder. And for Ja, I think, yeah, you got to add the jumper and they need to add more talent to this team. They have a lot of depth, but they need more upside. You know, at 32 and 32 this year, I wouldn't be shocked if they, you know, find a way through the plan. Uh, They do have the best point differential of the four teams in the plan currently. So kind of interesting. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I, I think with Ja, I love watching him play, but the upside is, is severely limited. And that's kind of an obvious thing when you watch him. But him attacking the rim and the competitiveness, which was he goes up amongst the trees for these crazy layups and dunks. I mean, you got to respect, you got to respect it. Yeah, I, I, you know, of <clears throat> of the times that I've been betting on Memphis, I, you know, I'm, I'm watching John Moran, and I've just as as someone that watches the game, I feel like he's trying to make too much of the flashy plays, whether it's you know going up for an acrobatic layup or you know just getting trying trying to get that highlight dunk versus making a play that's going to help your team. And I think that's something that's I've noticed with him this season that he's trying to make the flashy play too much. Um, Versus, you know, just just being a team player and kind of leading this team. Obviously, you know, like you mentioned, the the jump the jump shot is is a big question for him, and something that he's going to have to improve as his career goes on here. But, yep. um, you know, just you know, circling back to the game here tonight, um, you know, the last game for Memphis against, um, I think it was against New York, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's the game where uh, Coach Taylor and and John Moran got tossed, and you know maybe they come out and respond here tonight against against uh, Minnesota. I believe these two teams have matched up earlier this season. Um, quickly trying to see if I can find that here. Um, yeah, April second, um, Memphis won that game one twenty one oh eight as a six and a half point favorite, I believe. So. Um, I think Memphis responds here tonight. I think we get a good effort out of John Moran and, and the, some of the guys are around him. I know triple J is out for this game, I believe. And, um, you know, like you said, Memphis, Minnesota has been playing well, but I, I think this is a good spot for Memphis to respond against um, a team that it should be able to beat. Yeah. Triple J out with injury maintenance. I would lean towards Memphis as well. Any thoughts on the total at two thirty-eight and a half? pretty high. I, I do think, I mean, I yeah. think, these teams have been playing a little bit better on the defensive end recently. So kind of lean towards that under. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm a guy that, you know, doesn't really play unders, but you know, we take a look. Yeah. We take a look at the last five games, a defensive rating Minnesota all the way up to number four Impressive. and Memphis is right there. Yeah. At, they're right behind uh, the Detroit Pistons to crack into that top 10 defensively. So, um, and then as far as we look at pace, um, let's see, Minnesota's at number eight and, Minnes- and Memphis at 12. But I think, you know, these teams are playing better defensively. But the thing is that we thought that last night with Dallas Mavericks and, 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 the, and the Miami Heat, and they ended up scoring 240 points. But, yep. um, you know, just going off the defensive metrics and stats, you know, and there's some of the struggles that they have been having on offense, I, I think the under is a good play in this game. Agreed. Um Maybe potentially a little Jonas Valanciunas action here. He can definitely mash inside, and that's not really a good matchup for Cat. So I, I think Valanciunas, maybe some points, points and rebounds. Um, I will grab a number on that to share with you. Let's take a quick break here, and then we'll come back for the rest of the slate. 
Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. If you haven't played on Underdog Fantasy, guys, you have to check it out. Their fantasy best ball tournaments are some of the best around. Even better is their NFL Draft Weekend special, where if you sign up between April 29th and May 4th, you'll have a chance to win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. When you go to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN, you will get $25 free, which you can use to enter their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament. SGP will be running private best ball drafts for all of our listeners as well, so make sure to look out for that. This is a limited time offer that ends May 4th. That's today, guys. So go to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for your chance to win $1 million. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, coming back off the break, one of the better games on the slate tonight. Really excited to see this one. Um, The Phoenix Suns travel to Atlanta, where the Hawks are a one-point home dog. Total at 228. Potentially some injury questions here. I mean, this line does seem a little bit short um, to me, uh, but I could also just be overrating the Suns or underrating the Hawks a little bit. But Munaf, where are you going with this spread here? Yeah, this is such a tough game, man. And it's, I feel like it's like, it's a little stinky, right? Because I think yeah. the, the books may be begging you for to take Phoenix here. And, and it's hard to bet against this Phoenix team, especially, you know, coming off the over time game last night, you know, I mean, you know, they got the job done easily in the, in overtime, but Atlanta shooting the ball. Well, man, I mean, you take a look at their last game against Portland. Um, they shot the ball. Well, you take a look at Phoenix in back-to-back situations this season, they're 10 and five against the spread seven, and eight to the under. So man, uh, I don't know. I'll get your thoughts on this game for them. I don't know what you, what you think. And then I'll, I'll give my, uh, I'll give my pick. Yeah, it does kind of seem like the opposite of that uh, Suns-Knicks game that was a couple weeks ago where it seemed like they were begging you to take the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Um, and here, yeah, I mean, the Suns, they have shown kind of a, a willingness to kind of play their guys big minutes and play on back-to-back, so I don't necessarily think there's an injury sketchiness here. I would lean towards Phoenix. I mean, I think that CP can can do a lot to Trey on that end of the floor, and you have those two guards that can kind of just make Trey's life miserable tonight. So I do think that the advantage on the bat, on the perimeter is towards Phoenix. And then kind of a similar matchup to, I remember we targeted uh, CP3 and Book in that game against the Knicks saying that uh, Nerlens Noel can hang by the rim and that there could be more opportunities in the mid-range and perimeter. So maybe CP3 and Book tonight on some player props, given that Capella can do the same thing. Um, that could potentially be a target here. Um, but I would lean towards Phoenix. Obviously a really nice win for the Hawks. Um, against the Blazers the other night and kind of stabilize their ship after all those losses when Trey Young came back from injury. So I will lean towards Phoenix minus one, but probably one that I'm just looking forward to watching tonight. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Atlanta uh, as a home dog tonight. I think um, this is a good spot for them. I know with, with like we said, Phoenix coming off a back-to-back situation overtime game. So I kind of like taking teams that are coming off those overtimes and, you know, having to play those extra minutes. Um, one quick note for this game, and that's something I did see on Twitter, was uh, Atlanta is 17-2-2 two two to the over as home dogs with a total of over 221. So, um, you know, we have two offenses here tonight that can really, you know, shoot the ball and, and score the basket, uh, you know, score the basketball uh, defensive rating over the last five games here. I know Phoenix has kind of faltered a little bit. They're down to number 18, and Atlanta's down at number 25 defensively and then over pace we take a look at i think phoenix 
doesn't play at a high pace. They are at number 30, but they're a very, very high offensive efficient team where they can get baskets at will. So I'm going to lean with the over here tonight with Atlanta. There we go. Uh, yeah, this should be a really fun game to watch, I think. Yeah. Um, let, me, let, let me just grab uh, some player prop looks here. I mean, I, obviously you don't I, – I hate betting a back-to-back early because you never know what's going to pop up on that injury report throughout the yeah. day. Yeah. Um, so we've got Phoenix, Atlanta. Um, yeah, no suns on, on the player prop market yeah. yet. So that, that's kind of sent a message early. So um, we'll lay off this one for now. Next game on the slate, the Philadelphia 76ers head to Houston where the Philadelphia Sixers are a 13-point road favorite, total at 223. Muna, let's start with the Rockets a little bit. Five and thirty-nine in their last forty-four games. I was listening to a podcast this morning and heard that stat drop. So that's very, uh, very good for Houston. Sadly, <laughs> uh, they seem to have locked up the number one lottery odds. So kind of a successful uh, venture with regard to that. So how are you kind of feeling about the Rockets right now with KPJ emerging? Christian Wood looks yeah. like a good signing, and then maybe a uh, number one pick in your future. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, we talked about how. I think Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood are going to be part of this rebuilding process for the Rockets. I think the other player will be the other two guys, I think will be David Nawaba and Chase Sean Tate, your, your guy. Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to kind of be the starting point for this, for this Rockets uh, rebuild. Um, obviously I hope they end up with a number one pick and, you know, they can get Kate or, or even I think Evan Mobley, I think is a great, great guy to get on your team. But with Christian Wood already there, I think, you know, um, Cade would be a great pickup. The question then becomes, what do you do with John Wall and that big contract? So I think that'll be a hard contract to move uh, if you're kind of trying to do that in the off season. But um, <clears throat> John Wall's look good this season. You know, uh, obviously they shut him down for the rest of the season. There's no point of him playing. Um, but, you know, the, we saw flashes of old John Wall and hopefully, you know, he can stay healthy. Just circling back to the game here tonight. Um, I, I don't think I can get behind the Rockets especially going up against number the number one defensive rated team over their last 10 games in the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, you know, Sixers have kind of let, let these other teams kind of hang around um, over their past two games. They did get the victories. Obviously, San Antonio, that game went into overtime. And then they pulled away from Chicago late. I don't think they're going to take the Rockets here uh, lightly. And I think that, you know, Philly should dominate this game. I will take the Philly team total over against this Rockets defense. Um, I think I currently saw it at 119. I 117 and a half. Oh, okay, 117 and a half. So yeah, it's going down a little bit. But you know, regardless, Joel Embiid should have his way inside with this with this uh Rockets interior. Um, you know, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, these guys should have success against this Rockets and they should be able to roll here tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's kind of the the I, I also I agree with you. I think Philly is kind of they've shown some ability to match these inferior opponents. But they've also shown an, a willingness to let teams hang around. So maybe a Philly first quarter here could be interesting, and we yeah. get all those starter minutes. It's only at minus four. Um, that could be kind of a good way to just isolate Embiid, Simmons, and Harris on the floor. And you know they do kind of let teams hang around, as you've uh, aptly mentioned. So that thirteen points could be in jeopardy late, but they might build a big lead in the first half. So first quarter Philly minus four, first half minus seven. Both those kind of look better to me than the full game at thirteen. Um, yeah, kind of a low total. I mean, yeah, I, I think with Philly, 
they should just be in mash mode here, trying to just get get this first seed locked up now that Brooklyn has lost yeah. three straight. So not one of the better games on the slate, but obviously Houston happy to lose and, and Philly happy to win. So yeah, it's going to yeah, be a win-win for yeah. both these teams. Yeah, and I, that that first half minus seven looks really good for, for the Sixers. Um, you know, maybe best bet potential here tonight. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, yeah, Houston just not really a competitive team right now, although on paper they're not so bad looking going forward. I mean, if they do get in into one of these top guys in the draft and KPJ continues to develop and, you know, Christian Wood could be a long-term solution as a big. So I think it could be a quick turnaround for Houston in terms of the the hopelessness that they felt after the Harden trade. So, Munaf, yeah. as a Rockets fan, I'm sending you my love uh, and hopefully that. We need it. We need it. We need, yeah, it we, we, need we need those magic lottery odds. Um, <laughs> yeah. So next game on the slate, the Indiana Pacers are at home facing the Sacramento Kings. Pacers favored by six and a half total at 239 and a half. High total, but do we keep two teams that have been our overkins recently? So, um, do we go with the over here, 239 and a half? And any thoughts on the spread at six and a half? Yeah, you probably want obviously another uh game that we probably want to check the injury report as far as yeah. for the Sacramento Kings. Um, you know, Harrison Barnes, I believe, did not go last night. Um, you know, and I think not having Darren Fox, obviously, your best player on this team, as it, it takes a big hit to your offense um, and, you know, Sacramento has relatively been playing better defense as of late. You take a look over their last three games, they've held um, all three of their opponents to less than 110 points. They gave up 106 to the Lakers and then they held Dallas and Oklahoma city to both 99 points. So that's kind of unheard of for Sacramento. The question is, is that, you know, is Indiana going to continue to play with the pace that they have been, over their last, you know, 10 to 12 games here. And I think they will, right? I think that's the kind of the way that uh, their, their coach and their organization kind of wants them to play at that high pace. Um, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I uh, Sacramento's on a back-to-back situation here. I'll probably just take Indiana here at home um, because Sacramento is on a back-to-back. And if, you know, again, Harrison Barnes not able to go, I'm not sure that they have enough offensively to really keep up with us, you know, the pace and the, and the scoring power that the, that the uh, Indiana Pacers have. Yeah. And I'm curious to see how the Pacers kind of respond to this Nate Bjorkman report, because do they kind of rally? Is there some false statements made in that report and then they rally around their coach or do they hate mm-hmm. their coach so much already that they just want to lay an egg for him and, you know, kind of yeah. continue the bad vibes around Indiana. So this is probably a stay away, I think, especially yeah. without the injury report in our hands. Malcolm Brogdon questionable off last night's injury report. Uh, Jeremy Lamb questionable. Edmund Sumner questionable. Goga yeah. questionable. Jakar Sampson out with a concussion. A lot of concussions this year in, in the NBA. Kind yeah. of an interesting trend uh, or, you know, a, this this not disappointing, but a sad trend to see, I guess, with this, what we know about concussions. Um, yeah. So, you know, one not one of the better games, honestly. Anything, any other takes for this game here? I think uh, just quickly, you might want to keep an eye on the interior of either Marvin Bagley or Sean Holmes should have some success against that front court of Indiana here tonight, despite even Sabonis being back. I mean, we know that he's not a great um, defensive guy for Pacers. So I think, you know, maybe some rebounding props that you want to take a look at on Marvin Bagley and Rashawn Holmes. Yeah. I want to actually see what, whatever Sean Holmes do last night. Um, he went yeah, for pretty, 13, the 13 points. 
13 and seven. Yeah. The starters really had like a balanced scoring. I think all five of them were in double figures last night. Yeah. They yeah, all, so. all five were as well as uh second unit scoring from Terrence Davis and Justin James, uh second round pick last year from Wyoming kind of yeah. trying to come on a little bit. So yeah, like, I mean, like that's a good point. I mean, all these teams have these random, you know, second rounders and journeymen that are trying to find their way in the league. So some fun players that you can kind of follow their stories and root for um, yeah. down the stretch. Let's take another, our final break here. We'll come back with the final three games. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube, but for what hashtag Degens only care about, and that's sports betting. We're giving out free daily video picks over on our Better Than Vegas profile page. Better Than Vegas is always running a ton of free contests as well. They have a ton of free picks and handicappers for you guys to check out. So, Make sure to subscribe to our profile so you don't miss a pick. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. Okay, Moon, I'm coming back off the break. Sneaky great game on the slate tonight, although the injury report potentially could get a little ugly for the Bucks. The Washington Wizards are in Milwaukee, where the Bucks are a three-and-a-half-point home favorite right now. Very interesting line. Total at mm. 242. Uh, I'm guessing that we're missing one of the Bucks' big three here. If that's the line, but you don't, we don't know who yet. Yeah, I'll be shocked to see if Giannis plays here tonight yeah. against uh, you know, especially with the effort that he's had over the last two games. So probably a night off for them, or for him at least. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Washington here tonight. Why not? You know, they're Me playing too. well. Um, I think this might be a flat spot for for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks coming off those two games against Brooklyn. Um, you know, just keep on looking for. Russell Westbrook to keep on chugging along here tonight. Um, you know, a game that Washington for sure needs, but I think I'm purely fading that this might be a flat spot for Milwaukee coming off those two games against Brooklyn. Yeah, totally clean injury report for the Wizards too. Um, and yeah, I mean, you look at kind of what Kyrie Irving was able to do against uh, other matchups, the non-Drew defenders, and now you bring in Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. Um, yeah. So he can't obviously can't guard them both. So I, I look for one of those guys to have a big game tonight. So I will wait eagerly for your Prouts column. Guessing we see some Russ, uh, Russ involvement there. And yeah, I think with the Wizards, I mean, maybe just take a stab at the money line here, plus one forty um, yeah. in Milwaukee. Definitely looks like a flat spot, and with a super high total like this, I'm not sure how valuable four points are. So I like the Wizards as a dog as well, playing really well and. Are the Wizards the most dangerous of the play-in teams in your eyes? I mean, you look at right now, You, I guess probably the Boston, Miami, Atlanta, New York team that ends up in the seven will be the most dangerous. But between Charlotte, Indiana, and Washington, it's probably the Wizards, right? Yeah, I, I 100% agree it's the Wizards because obviously you have a dynamic backcourt with the uh, with Westbrook and Beal. And then when you have those two guys that if they get in as an eight seed, I mean, they're going to play loose, right? Like there's no pressure on them to you know, win the series, obviously they would want to, but you getting in as an eight seed and playing the number one seed, if they, you know, if they play loose and just, you know, have fun playing basketball, it, you know, it could get interesting for, for that number one seed to going up against the wizards. If they're there um, quickly, like you just mentioned on Bradley Beal, um, if one of those two guys are going to have a big night, I'm quickly trying to see here that in, in the game that Bradley Beal played against this Milwaukee team, he had dropped 37 against them. Obviously a small sample size, but you know, whoever Drew Holiday is gonna end up guarding that other guy might have a big night. So um, you know, something to keep an eye out for um as we approach this game here tonight. Yeah, any thoughts on this total at two forty two? 
Yeah. Um, and obviously, that I think this this number will change. You know, just d- depending on the injury report. Um, you know, Wizards have been playing at a very very high uh, high pace. So if you do like a side, or you know, if you do want to play a total, I would probably take a look at the Wizards team total um, for this game. But this game, when these two teams matched up earlier this year, I believe they scored two hundred and fifty five points uh, in that game. Yeah, one thirty three, one twenty two. The uh, Bucks won that game in Washington. Um, Giannis was playing in that game. And yeah, Westbrook and Beal were both in that game. So um, I'd probably take Wizards team total if I wanted to play anything as far as a total in this game. There we go. And obviously, as always, you can find Moonoff's NBA team total of the day on his Twitter page at SportsNerd824. So I know you've been posting those and winning with those. Yeah. Two more games on the slate. Let's go to Salt Lake City, where the Utah Jazz are a six-and-a-half-point home favorite to the San Antonio Spurs. Total at 218-and-a-half. The Jazz tied for Phoenix with the one seed now. The Spurs sneaky hanging on to that last spot in the play-in. So with the Pelicans getting that win last night, only two games separate San Antonio from New Orleans, and the Spurs have a brutal schedule um, with the Jazz tonight. Yeah. And then they go, um, they still have Portland, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, New York, Phoenix, Phoenix to end the year. So yeah. really tough for the Spurs. You could potentially see Zion in the play-in, which would, obviously the NBA would love to have that uh, from a mm-hmm. ratings perspective. But this game tonight, Donovan Mitchell still out. Mike Conley still out. Obviously that Mitchell ankle sprain clearly much worse than the Trey Young one. Trey Young mm-hmm. came back pretty quickly. Mitchell still down. So six and a half point favorite at home. And I believe this is the second game of a two game set. Yep. The Jazz got a 110-99 home win in their last game. So six and a half points spread here. Moon off, which way are you going with the Spurs Jazz? Yeah, I'll take the Spurs here tonight uh, in this back to back, you know, mini situation um you know san antonio is right in that game you know these when these two teams match up i believe is on monday um you know i think that if if the spurs want a chance to get into this play-in tournament i think this is a game that they had to have um you know without having obviously donovan mitchell and mike conley so uh you know expect a better effort out of Dejounte murray and demar Derozan. Uh, quickly trying to see if there's any injury news for uh, the Spurs, but you know, clean only guy that's out is Trey Lyles, but he's been out for a while. But um, yeah, I, I like the Spurs here tonight plus the six and a half. Yeah, I'll probably lean that direction as well. Um, you know, they can kind of come in here against Utah on the second game of that back-to-back set. We've been enjoying uh, playing the, the the opposite of what happened in the first game, and with six and a half points, I would probably lean toward the Spurs. You know, the Jazz continue to kind of truck along here. Uh, I will say, just not necessarily pertaining to this game, but the Jazz went from being the hottest story in the NBA before the trade deadline. Then they kind of had that game against Philly where they were complaining to the refs, and since then, no one is talking about that. They're basically irrelevant right now, headed into the playoffs, which mm-hmm. probably an okay position for them to be in. Um, we will have to talk about that more going forward. But I would lean towards the Spurs plus 6.5. Any thoughts on this total 218.5? Maybe a tad low. Um, obviously maybe reacting to that first game a little bit. Yeah, I think it'll be depending on, you know, obviously the shooting performance of what the Spurs do. I'm trying to quickly pull up what they did um, previously, but it's not, that's okay. Um, yeah, it's a little low. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I think this is a game where I'm just kind of going to stay away. I think that there's just too much, you know, too many variables or too many question marks as far yeah. as, you know, player performance and things like that. Um, here, I got the box score from last game. You know, DeMar DeRozan scored 22 in that game, 15 for DeJounte Murray, um, 5 of 18 from three-point land for the Spurs. You know, they don't shoot many shots, but they don't make much either. And then um, – for the Utah Jazz, 11 of 36 from three-point land. Um, so, you know, both below 31% in that game. Um, but, yeah, I, I just recommend just staying away from this game. I Not 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 one of the more exciting games here tonight. Is it just me or just one of the weirder slates that we've had this, so far this season? I, I can't put my finger on why. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels kind of kind of trappy with all these lines, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, there are some good games, and I no doubt Definitely. about that. But as far as you know, some of these spreads, um, yeah, it's it, it's it's a little fishy. So you know, definitely check those injury reports if you're putting bets in. Um, you know, lately I've been waiting till that four thirty, you know, four four thirty injury report comes out to put in these bets. But um, I mean, if you see clean injury reports for some of these teams like Phoenix and, and, you know, like Milwaukee and, and I'm sorry, like Washington and uh, San Antonio, Philly, you know, if you like those games, go ahead and bet those down, but definitely wait for those injury reports. Yeah. I mean, I think there's kind of that, that tension between as a better, you always want to get the best of the number and, you know, yeah. it's always, it's always exciting when you beat a line move, but also, I mean, look, some of these games have totals up in the two thirties, two forties, you know, how valuable is one point or a half point. Yeah when you'd rather have that clarity on the backside of the one of those injury reports, knowing who's going to be in or out. So I think that's always something that's hard to manage because you do want to jump on a number when you like it and yeah. you want to beat the move. But at the same time, um, you know, like last night we had the heat, we got it at three, it went up to four and then it closed that, you know, the Mavs are favored by one and a half, I think. Yeah. So um, that is always a, a, a difficult thing to manage and something that you can always um, kind of trade off. Both sides have their pros and cons. Last game on the slate and one that is near and dear to my heart. Very excited to watch this game. The New York Knicks travel to the Mile High City where the Knicks are a four-point underdog on the road, total at 215. Munaf, I'll let you kick this off. Hopefully, Nerlens Noel is back for this one. He is questionable for this game. Um, I do expect him to go. He seems to manage his uh, injuries pretty well. So, relatively clean report for both teams. Munaf, where are you going with this game? Number feels a tad short, although the Knicks continue to exceed expectations every single night. I'm taking the Knicks here. I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're playing well. Like, if you're going to give me, I, I know Denver is, you know, playing well without Jamal Murray, but now th these injuries, now you don't obviously don't have Jamal Murray. You don't have uh, Will Barton, and now you don't have PJ Dozier and Monte Morris is still out. So, now you're relying on your starting backcourt of Composite, which, he, like you said, he has been playing well, but you also have Austin Rivers as your starting backcourt. You're going to have to rely on Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., and Nicola, uh, the, you know, the Joker to get this done for you. But when when Joker comes off the off the court and gets getting his rest, who's going to be that guy to kind of step up for them offensively to carry this team? And I think New York right now, they're just playing really great basketball. I think this is a big – this is a game that they kind of want to have and need to get – also because they also have a very different difficult schedule on this road trip and kind of winding down the season, right? You take a look, they have Denver tonight and then they have Phoenix at two LA teams. So if they're going to, you know, get to 300 on this little road trip, I think tonight might be 
the 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 time to get against a team that's kind of in, injury riddled right now. Take a look at New York quickly, and I'll let you you know uh, get your thoughts on this game. Fifteen and seven as as road underdogs are the New York Knicks this season. So I'll take that plus three and a half with the New York Knicks here tonight. Yeah, I think this is a a spot where I am definitely have a actionable live angle that I like for this game, which is when Jokic comes off the floor and Derrick Rose comes on the floor, I think that's the perfect time to grab the Knicks in this game. Um, and and you see the Knicks, how their bench lineups are operating with Derrick Rose on the floor. I believe from Zach Lowe's podcast, said the Knicks are a plus 13 per 100 possessions with Derrick Rose on the floor. And we know that the Nuggets can struggle offensively when Jokic leaves the floor. So I think this might be a great game to kind of sit out this first quarter and then target a live line on the Knicks. Um in that late first quarter, early second quarter, where you see that Jokic, Derek Rose kind of switch off. I think that might be a really um, kind of niche way to get get in this game. I think, yeah, I mean, the four-point spread is tough. I would probably lean towards the Knicks as well, especially with a low total like this. I think this one does come down to the wire. Um, both teams are kind of defensive-oriented now, especially in the absence of Jamal Murray. And, yeah, that P.J. Dozier injury, I did not see that. That kind of stresses out this Nuggets depth a lot. I mean, yeah. Basically, their top four guards are out between, you know, Murray, Morris, Barton, and Dozier. So Austin Rivers starts, and then who even plays off the bench for the Nuggets? I I don't really – who will be their fourth guard tonight? Shaq Harrison, and then – Yeah, Shaq Harrison got some run against – Yeah, and Shaq Harrison – The Lakers. Shaq Harrison can play – I guess Marcus Howard uh, gets gets some minutes tonight, or, or Vlatko Chanchar. I mean, there will be a a random guy on that Nuggets yeah. second unit, so that's something to look out for tonight in this game. I, I definitely think that. I mean, I normally don't like to do this. I know we, I did this once earlier this year, where you just take the Knicks in the second quarter um, mm. be- before the game. Uh, that yeah. line's not up okay, yet, yeah. so may- maybe I. Oh, we'll talk about that in Slack later. So. Very interesting game here. This will be one of the games of the night. This and Phoenix-Atlanta are really, really fun games as well as Washington-Milwaukee. So another good good night of games. I mean, Memphis-Minnesota, good game. Um, total at 215. Any thoughts on that is low, but, uh, you know, two teams that can get yeah. after it defensively. Yeah, you know, I was just looking at the defensive rating over the last five games. Denver, number three in defensive rating, and New York Knicks are number six. Um, so, you know, I, you know, when you have two defensive teams, the thing that kind of I think scares, not scares me, but, you know, taking an under is that, you know, New York is the number one offensive efficient team, not only, oh, sorry, the number four offensive efficient team, not only over their last 10 games, but also over their last five games. So, I think that pace will dictate what's going to happen in this game. We know uh, Denver is not playing at high pace without Jamal Murray and some of their guards uh, on this team. So, um, you know, I would lean towards the under in this game. Yeah, I think this yeah, it definitely does feel like a kind of, you know, 100-100 type of battle that comes down to the final possession. So a lot of good games on the slate tonight. Munaf, let's wrap it up here with our – Best bets for tonight, and then we'll get out of here. So uh, where are you looking on this slate? As we said, kind of some voodoo in some of these numbers. So maybe a, a careful Wednesday for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the one that stuck out to me for sure was that Sixers first half minus a seven. Um, you know, they, they tend to get off to great starts in the first half uh, and then kind of let their teams back or their, their opponents back 
into the game in the second half. So, you know, I think this is a game where Sixers come out you know, looking sharp. They had a day off. Um, so I will take the Sixers minus a seven in the, in the first half against the Houston Rockets tonight. All right. Well, we are going to have unity again. I'm going to go with Sixers uh, first quarter minus four. I will also take the Sixers first half minus seven. So a little stack season for the Sixers for us. Um, definitely think that this is a good spot for them to kind of come in and mash Houston elsewhere. I'm going to look at that under in Minnesota, Memphis at 238 and a half. Um, that is one that I, I do uh, really like as well. So any other best bets for you on the slate, Munaf? Let's hope that our unity can do a little bit better than Miami last night. Yeah, um, I think that was the only ones that really stuck out to me here. Let me look here real quick. Maybe I can get one more out here. Um, I'll take the over. Uh, let's see, where's that number at now? Two, 228 for the Suns and Atlanta over. Um, I think these offenses will put up some points here tonight. Phoenix hasn't been playing well defensively. Atlanta with their shooters, Trey Young, Bogdanovich, um, you know, so many guys that can just shoot the basketball for Atlanta. I think that this this game goes over here tonight. Okay, there we go. So, you know, a few really fun games to watch. And then obviously, I mean, I think the I, I have had the standings open in a tab on my internet, you know, all day, every day. I mean, really fascinating to see kind of how these things are affecting matchups and everything is so up in the air, especially in the West where it's just like, you don't really know if you want to go up or down because you don't know where the Clippers and the Lakers are going to be. So, yeah, lots of intrigue there. Moonop, where can the people find you on Twitter? Find me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Uh, we'll have a player props post on there, hopefully rather soon here once we're done, hopefully by noon my time. Um, but, yeah, check out my Twitter at SportsNerd824. I will have my NBA total of the day that's been doing fairly well. And, um Let's get it here tonight. Where can they find you, Zach, on Twitter? Yeah, find me on Twitter, at NBA Zach B. You will obviously have your props column up on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Ton of content up there. It's been just fire recently. Golf, football, baseball, basketball, um, you know, other gambling just in general. So lots of stuff to follow on sportsgamblingpodcast.com, as well as join us in our Slack channel. That's at sg.pn slash Slack. You can sign up for the individual sports Slacks or just general chatter with the SGPN crew. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast and all the other podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Check out Underdog Fantasy. Munaf, we're looking forward to getting maybe some props up there tonight. So lots of stuff going on as we head towards the playoffs. So, Thank you all for listening. Great episode. And we will catch you with Munaf and Titus on the Thursday show tomorrow. Have a good one, everyone, and good luck with your bets tonight. Basketball. Get it, get it.